0: We are in Genesis chapter 39 this morning. We are going to read through the whole thing. If you want to stay there, we're going to have several different scriptures that are going to come up, but that's where our primary one is. So if you have a bookmark or things, you may want to stick it in that one. Um, if you don't mind smash glasses, you could stick those in there too and smash them real good. Um, I do mind smash glasses, so I wrote it all down on a tablet here so I know how to get where I need to go, right? And... Genesis 39 is the beginning of Joseph's story in the sense that he pursues righteousness, right? Before he was kind of pursuing his own thing, his pride was getting in his way. Uh, We had that weird story of Genesis 38 where Judah comes in and we hear about him. But all that is to say that God is our Savior. Man, we can't depend on men, can we? We need to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has. And what God's plan is up to this point is for him to send a Savior through these broken people. And as we look at these people, we look at these examples in the Old Testament, we see people there that, hey, I could be that guy. I could be that guy because they're just as broken as I am. And God was able to use them. Surely maybe he could use me as well. And hear the confidence in that, that surely maybe. Right. That's that's how we approach the Lord. We're like, yeah, you can use me. Well, maybe you could use me. I'm not sure. You probably can't use me. Right. Is, does that describe your faith? Well, look at the how it started for Joseph and how it's going to end for Joseph. He's a guy that was a little shaky at the beginning. But what do we know about that? That that's where he got his foundation to stand on. He listened to his father. He listened to what he had to say. And he said, I want to be like my dad, who has gotten these commands from the Lord. And this is really the first character in the Bible that we don't see a direct intervention by God. But we definitely see God intervening, don't we? We see maybe him showing up as that shepherd in uh, 37 that says, your brothers went down to Dothan. That could, be, could have been the Holy Spirit. We don't know that for sure. Um, or the, the Jesus, as I would probably say, the angel of the Lord. But it doesn't say that. It says it was a shepherd that said he went down to Dothan. But there's some clues that kind of point it to there. So as we get into that story, that backstory, we're going to see a changed Joseph. We're going to see a man of character, a man of integrity, and in how he walks. Securely. So let's get into it in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 9. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was a captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed that this, Potiphar noticed this and realized that he was with, that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All His household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he did not worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused look he told her my master trusts me with everything in his household his entire household no one here has more authority than i do he has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife how could i do such a wicked thing it would be a great sin against god wow what a great perspective on the sin of adultery, right? Uh, Joseph had a plan before he walked into a situation where he was not sure um, how the character would shine through or not. And you could definitely see here God's character shining through Joseph. And matter of fact, I would say the Spirit of the Lord was upon Joseph. And we see this very much so throughout his story. Joseph is our Old Testament um, example of Romans chapter 8, verses 28. It says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And that is a hard verse to read sometimes, isn't it? It's a hard verse to read in the, in the midst of tragedy. But God, we know he works things through, and we have to wait for the other side. Sometimes we're climbing up the hill, we haven't seen the other side of the hill yet to see what's going to happen. So we're still climbing, but we have to have faith that God's going to work it out for his good. And we see this at the end of Joseph's story. If you look at Genesis chapter 50, verses 20 and 21, you're going to see his brothers come to him after their father died, and they're going to say, I'm really sorry. We will be your slaves. Just don't kill us. And Joseph replies like this. You intended to harm me, but God intended all for good. He brought me into this place. Position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured reassured them by speaking kindly to them. What man intended for evil, God uses for good many often times, right? We have to remember that and we have to put our hope in that. And this is not the only time he tells his brothers that, is it? He at least tells them at least three times, I can think of. He tells them when he reveals himself to him in, uh, after the dinner, he tells them before they go into the land, and he tells them after their father dies, that um, he, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. There's a bigger plan than just you. And that's something that we want, need to be reminded of often, that there's a bigger plan out there than just us. To be a man of integrity, you must walk securely in the Lord. That's a Proverbs. I didn't look it up, but I know that's in the Bible. A uh, man of integrity walks securely. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think that's, it is. Uh, Joseph had character in spades, but he never had an opportunity to let that really shine forth like he does from this point on in his life. From this point on in his life, we see tragedy after tragedy happen that we would say Joseph is a failure. Joseph could have lied and got out of this. Joseph could have done many things, but he holds his integrity higher than anything. And he gets put into a situation that we're going to learn about next week and how God uses that. So he goes from having everything to having nothing Eventually, here at the end of the story, yet God is with Joseph, right? That is so important. No matter what he goes through, no matter the highs and the lows, God is with Joseph. And with that, he builds this legacy. And what do we know we have about reputations that come along? Reputations can go high and low, but integrity moves through, right? It is steady. It is even keeled and goes along once it is with the Lord. And as we go with that, we think about our reputation as a church. What is our reputation? It can be high and it can be low in this community. If you ever walk out in there, they either love us or hate us. That's just how it is. And I'm not, I don't really have a problem with that. Because when people see what we're doing right and they're doing right, they usually are like, wow, that's really cool what you're doing. And people that are convicted about doing wrong see what we're doing right, they have a hard time with what we're doing. Does that, we also have to be careful with this thing right here, too, right? We have to be careful with our mouths, right? Because out of the overflow of our hearts, Uh, The mouth speaks out of, there's many reasons that the mouth can get us into trouble. It says that warns us many times. And so we need to rise above some of those tomfoolery moments that we have out there, right? So what's our reputation as a church? I would hope it would be that God is with them. See that church out there? God is with that church. He's been moving. They're doing some amazing things. God is with that church. We've had our moments where we try to step out onto that board and, and say, you know, it's just a little bit too thick here. And we try to take our saw out there. We're standing right next to the, the chasm, right? God's like, no, that's, that's not what you want to do right now. And so we back off onto our, where we're safe again. Then we walk out into the new board that he presents us. And we have integrity with him, right? Because he is our integrity. He is the one that gives us strength of character. So like Joseph, God blesses what each one of us does when we walk with the Lord. Outside world, they might not recognize God, but I do think they surely recognize the character of which God has given us. And they give Joseph. You see this in his story. Um, many times when god's character shows up in somebody somebody says there's something different about that guy or they either come at that person with a little bit of caution because nobody does that nobody just gives to give that doesn't make any sense or they're like wow i can't believe you did that what is different about you there's something different about you and i want to know what it is and that's where we have an opportunity to share christ jesus is what's different so people of integrity, they reject things of this world. They put off falsehood. They put off greed and sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desires. Now, what would you say is lumped into sexual immorality? Well, I would say that's pornography. I would say that's premarital sex. I would say that's sex outside of the marriage bond. I would say that's... Um, homosexuality is not permissible before the Lord and things. But I lump all those together, and that's how I've lived my life. If you ever hear the argument for people can love who they want, when they want, and how they want, you will see they will always come back to the church and say, what about premarital sex? You don't ever preach against that. Well, I'm preaching against it this morning. Premarital sex is wrong, pornography is wrong, and it is a distortion of what God has done for it. It will distort your mind. It is the only sin that builds on itself into a a place that will destroy you, okay? How does it do that? I'll just give you an example of pornography, right? Pornography, if you start looking at one thing on on the internet, the next time you go to look at that, you will not get the same high, and so you need to have more pictures, or you have to have harder, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and pretty soon you're trapped because now I've walked into this, how does that make you feel, how does that make you sound, how does it make you, you know, how can I go to church with this looming over me, right? Right? And now we have this deep sense of shame that comes along with pornography because I, sh- I know I'm not supposed to do it, but what, what am I supposed to do? Well, you know what? Confession is the best way to combat sexual immorality. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. How do I know? Because huh? your pastor struggles with this sometimes too, right? Right, and I've struggled with it for many years. I had a point where my wife locked me out of my house before we were married because I struggled with pornography, right? I, was, I came home one day and I could not get in the house because she looked at my internet history and I was like, oh, dang it. So how do we prevent that? What do we do? Where do we go with this? Well, I think a good... Defense is a good offense, for one. So we need to take off all these things, right? We need to take off our greed. We need to take off sexual immorality and priority, lust, and evil desires. There's no – we do not use anger as a weapon. So we need to put on things that give us integrity. They build up that board that we're walking on out on that chasm, right? So they sure up their household. They teach their children well. They put guards in place. They stand firm in the truth. They use the truth as a weapon. God's word is a great weapon against sexual immorality. 2 Timothy 2:22 is one of the best things that you can memorize to keep your integrity when it comes to sexual immorality or any impurity, right? They have patience. And long suffering. They are content with what they have. They have a plan before they get to compromising situations. How far is too far? That's a lot of times we hear that in youth group. When it's a dating situation, how far is too far? You know, how far should his hands get up my leg before I tell him to stop? Well, maybe the hand shouldn't even be on the leg. That's something you need to have in place before you get into a dating relationship. Okay. They have a plan before they get into those compromising situations, but that can go with a business deal too. Right? How how much leeway am I gonna let my partner have in this business deal before I say enough is enough, and I'm gonna pull my money out. Right? That's why we have contracts with that. It's alright to have a contract when it comes to relationships. It's called a DTR, right? What's a DTR, Pastor? I've never heard of that before. It's define the relationship. We need to have that, that talk anytime we have um, a relationship. How are we doing? How's our relationship doing? Okay. How what do we need to do next? What are some of the things we can improve on? What are some of the things that we are doing really well? How can we work those things to be even better those are all good things that we can do for to help define the relationship they are humble and they share in promises they their strength is under control strength under control where do i get that word what is what am i talking about there strength under control physical strength under control what would we call that we call that gentleness, right? So I always give the illustration when you, when you have somebody holding your infant baby, do you want them to be weak and so they can't hold their arms up? You're probably not going to let them hold your baby, are you? you? They need to have some degree of strength there. But we don't want them to be so strong that they don't know how to be gentle in a sense that they don't know how to control their strength and they squeeze the baby to death. That would be ridiculous as well. So gentleness is having strength, but being able to control it, okay? Emotional strength, and I couldn't remember the word that I came up with, so I chose this morning empathy, right? When you can put yourself into somebody else's shoes, it allows you to be, have emotional strength under control, and I can't think of the word. I, I tried to think of it last night, I brainstormed, and I couldn't remember the word. Um, And the last one is spiritual strength under control. I would say this is meekness. Meekness is not weakness. It is spiritual strength under control. I can browbeat somebody with the Bible, but am I going to win the relationship if I do that? No, I'm not. I can come with the truth hard. Is that going to win? No. Or I can come with grace. Hard and say oh it's okay you probably won't do that again you probably won't go to hell if you keep that up that's a little that's extreme grace right that's borderline on wrong but when we say when we excuse things all the time and all the time that's where we meekness takes the truth and speaks it in love what's the bible have to say about this okay so when we come to this how are we going to come to this conclusion what are we going to do next time Right, We come up with a plan, don't we? That's what it means to be meek. Meek is not weak. It is the way the Lord has for us. Joseph was a handsome young man and Potiphar was away. Potiphar's wife starts noticing Joseph and propositions him to go to bed with her. Notice how he has not even considered this action for three reasons. He has his list. My master trusts me. With everything but you. He's kept us separate because of this. And because Joseph had integrity. Remember your husband? Remember him? Oh yeah, remember? That's right. Uh, You need to stay with him. What you propose is wicked. Wow. Don't sugarcoat it, Joseph. But she doesn't give up. She doesn't stop, right? Until she is utterly rejected and has evidence against him, does she, um, in a sense, give up because she turns to scorn and tries to frame him. And she does. My integrity is worth more than a one-night stand. Joseph has come to that conclusion. Sure, it would be fun. Sure, it would feel good in the moment. But afterwards there's this framework of guilt that pours into our hearts there's a framework of wow I am I I messed up how can I fix this what am I going to do and I'm in trouble Number 2 I have too much to lose Look at everything that he's given me to be in charge of. What's he gonna do? What's my master gonna say? How's he gonna manage his household when he's away if I'm not here? If I do this with with you, this is not gonna work out good. It will not. This would be, last but not least, a great sin against God. A great sin against God. Does our culture look at sexual immorality, adultery, sex outside of marriage, do they look at it as a great sin against God? No. They say, well, it's just a biological thing that we do and everybody's okay with it. It's, there's no emotional attachment here and we're just fine. Right? That's a lie. If you can't hear the justification in that, What I know from being married to my wife, when we have that connection and we bond it with sex, there's a bond that takes place that only God can put into that place. That is special. It is amazing. And it holds us and holds that marriage bond together, right? It is that reminder of what God has done for our marriage and it allows it to bond stronger. So I will caution you with sex outside of marriage, okay? Because when we develop character in suffering, it emboldens us to walk deeper in our faith. Let's continue reading on and see what Joseph and how he handles it in verse 10 through 18. She, being Potiphar's wife, kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible one day however no one else was around when he went in to do his work she came and grabbed him by his cloak and demanded come on sleep with me joseph tore away himself away but he left his cloak in his hand as he ran from the house when she saw that he was holding his cloak and he had fled she called out to the servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. And when he, when he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. And then she took, told him her story, the Hebrew slave you brought into my household tried to come in and fool around with me she said but when I screamed he ran outside leaving his cloak with me and I don't know if it's just the New Living Translation or not but fool around with me and and try to have sex with me or rape me are two different things right so I'm not I didn't go back and check and see if that's if they were the same word or not but I see her Story softening just a little bit from when it started, right? All right. I forgot to warn you, Amy. We have a video, as you may have seen. Now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a little loud, so you might want to start it soft and then bring it up. But the words aren't really that important. It's more music. This is something that my friend Bill Allison used to teach me this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to use to teach you. The video is a mouse. It's an animated mouse uh, with cheese, right? So he comes up there, and he comes up to the cheese. He's dancing around the cheese. He thinks the cheese is amazing. And um, he sees the cheese and goes up to the cheese. And he grabs the cheese. The trap goes. He's fine. He walks away, and the broom comes down. Wham! Kills the mouse, right? So... Sometimes when we see the cheese, things are too, they look too good to be true, right? They look too be good to be true, and it possibly is. And sometimes we can get away with it, just like the mouse got away with the cheese initially. He pulls it off the trap, and he's able to get away, and as he's walking away, maybe it's the second time he gets nailed right in the head and squashed. So the cheese it looks wonderful and he's even got the cheese in his hands and he thinks he's he's got away with it and then he's got dead right the broom comes along and finishes him off when it comes to sexual immorality today it's gonna happen it's not if it's gonna happen it's when with the access that we have on our phones, our computers, and things, sexual immorality is going to present itself in some way, shape, or form in our lives. And we need to have a plan when that comes up. One plan for that. When you have a computer, when you have a phone, do you look at that stuff by yourself? Take it out into the public area of your house. Move your computer out into your living room. That's sure things up really well. Another thing that, that I did, go to, I go to bed when my wife goes to bed, right? That way the phone goes off and I get my book out and I read and I don't have to worry about anything that goes on. So that helps me out a ton as well. Another thing that I do is I use all my social media accounts on the church website stuff right So my social media accounts are what we put out for um, YouTube and things, and so and when I go up to the youth room and we do um, videos with the chosen or we do our, our music videos or we do our silly videos, those are all my accounts. you know why? Because all the ads and all the advertising all comes from everything of my browser history, and so If I'm looking at the wrong stuff, it's going to show up and all those things. And all those kids will know what I've been looking at. And they're all going to see the nice scrub pads. I don't know. I can't remember what they've been, the commercials. But they're they're all safe commercials, right? Because I've gone through and made sure that that happens. And um, I'm not worried about somebody else seeing my social media stuff like that. Because does that mean that? That I'm infallible and that I don't struggle with this? No, I still struggle with this. I'm still a man, and I still, um, I still struggle with this stuff, right? However, looking at Joseph's example, it's helped me, and it helps me on a daily basis to remember some of these things. Um, here are three ways to avoid Potiphar's wife, taught by my friend, Bill Allison. First, we need to see beyond... The cheese. There are always consequences for sin. We might not notice them right away, but there are always consequences for sin. And Joseph remembers these things. He says in verse eight and nine says, Look, he told her, My master trusts me more with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. See beyond the cheese. Okay, in my office, I have a stack of three by five cards. If you want one, I will give them to you. I was going to set them out on the the welcome table. I'll have to get them after the church. Why would I need a three by five card, Pastor House? Well, I'll tell you, because I have one in my wallet right now. On my 3x5 card, I probably should put my name on here. I don't, but I put my name. And I put reasons what would happen if I were to commit adultery. Some of them I have on here is my relationship with my wife would be ruined. There would be a lack of trust. I've seen that firsthand already, right? Seeing my kids every day would happen because of that. My job, my reputation, trust, youth ministry, any ministry here at White Rose, there'd be a change in my identity. I would go around with a scarlet letter, in a sense, and say, I'm an adulterer. And I'd hopefully be able to say, praise God, Jesus was able to save me. Right? Right? My relationship with God, in the sense that I would be breaking his heart, right? And there's consequences. And ultimately, as well, that relationship with God, but my integrity would suffer as well. So, seeing beyond the cheese. A I know. <laughs> Free money. It's a. Uh, thing for free games, so I haven't put it in my wallet. I just have it in my wallet so I can put it somewhere else. So see beyond the cheese. Look at the consequences. What are the consequences of sexual immorality? They are many and there are plenty, right? We need to be wise in what we do there. Number two, stay away from the cheese. What do we see Joseph doing? In verse 10, he says he kept putting She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. When she was in the house, he was out of the house. When she was down at the barn, he was in the house. He made sure his schedule did not go near her until one day she tricked him, and she pulls in, and when she gets in there, that brings us to step number three. When the cheese comes looking for you, run right when the cheese comes looking for you run one day this is 11 and 12 one day however no one else was around when he went in to do his work she came and grabbed him by his cloak demanding come sleep with me joseph tore himself away but left his cloak in, in her hand as he ran from the house he ran from her Right? What do you do? What do I? So, if you see the cheese, do I have a picture on there next? Yeah, go ahead and put that up there. All right. This is the biggest reason that I do not have sexual immorality in my life. I have to set an example for my teenage daughter and my teenage son. I can't believe I have a teenage son. Wow, that one. Whew. Let me slow down here. It's hit me, right? And my other son, who happens to be, well, they're both a lot like me, but Sawyer, I can see this trait in him right away, right? I can see how he's visually stimulated. I can see it. And then my sassy youngest daughter, right, who would I would break her heart. I know I break Bethany's heart, too, but if I were to do something like that. She wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to grasp it right now. Why would you do that to, your, to mommy? Why would you do that to us? And that is like, wow. So like I encouraged you before to write out your list, put your name on that. What do you have to lose? There's so much there. A man of integrity walks security. Blessed is he who walks in the name of the Lord. When we develop character in the suffering, it emboldens us to walk deeper in our faith. And when we can walk deeper in our faith, we can say, I've struggled with this. I've struggled with sexual immorality, but praise Jesus. He has given me a hope and a future and people to walk alongside me to walk out of that. I'm not the hero in this situation. I would go back to it in a heartbeat. I, I always think about who would I be without Christ in my life? I'd be an adulterer. I'd be a. uh, I would abuse relationships to get what I want. I manipulate in a way that um, would put me first every time. And I'd be good at it too, which is kind of sickening. But I have Christ. I have learned to put other people first. I have learned to walk with the Lord. And when I'm been presented with this in my life I have run have you been presented with it yes I have Um, come to bed with me and I ran from that situation not as fast as Joseph but I did run yeah Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her so he told he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Our final point this morning is to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Look at how Potiphar's wife reacted. When Joseph chose to follow the Lord, she blew up. She wanted control, and she wanted what she wanted, and she wanted it now. And when she did not get it, she ruined Joseph. What do we see happens in Joseph's story? We'll have to find out next week, right? But you can read ahead. That's fine. He has integrity. We see him in prison, even in prison, he becomes in charge of the whole jail. The jailer didn't have to worry about it because he was such a good uh, influence on everybody else around him. Joseph chose to follow the Lord. As Joseph remained faithful, the Lord remained faithful. Okay? See that? As Joseph remained faithful, the Lord remained faithful, and I'll say even more, through Joseph, because God is always going to remain faithful, right? But he doesn't always choose to work through the person who's been faithless. He will remain faithful for the person who's remained faithful. That's key. There is important. He put in, he put into practice that will take him into next week's adventures, right? So first of all, Joseph was able to guard his heart in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 through 24 says my child my child and in in the King James it says my son okay the first nine the first nine chapters of Proverbs are written from a father to a son okay and they generalize it in the New Living Translation my child pay attention to what i i say listen carefully to my words do not lose sight of them let them penetrate deep in your heart for they will bring life to those who will find them, and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You might know it's wrong, but the heart wants what the heart wants, and you feeding it the wrong thing all the time, you will walk down that path where your heart wants to go. And so you need to guard your heart and logically understand why you're not going to go that way. But then not only are you taking out that avenue that you're going to walk down, but you need to fill your heart with the avenue toward the Lord. Everything we talked about earlier was from uh, on our first point was from Colossians chapter th- 3. You need to take out greed, take out sexual immorality, take out this lust, take out these things, and then put on these other things. Okay? Each one of those grocery lists came later down in Colossians chapter 3. I, I just stole God's word. That's right. I'm a plagiarist. Uh, right? Because that's where it comes from. Our last set of three comes from 2 Timothy 2.22. It says, Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call upon the Lord out of the pure heart. And that comes from uh, the, the NIV. Okay, It was one I have memorized and so that's what I kept. I, I like the, the New Living Translation as well but this one I know because it's got the flee, follow, and friends and it fits really well in this translation so that's how I was taught so run from temptation so flee run from run from the the wickedness when potiphar's wife came to Joseph i i tend to believe that she probably didn't have any clothes on okay nobody else was in the house she said come to bed with me in a way that was very attractive to him very seductive to him and he saw it and ran. She got into a position that she could compromise him, to get close enough to him and grab a hold of his cloak and try to hold him there. Right? We're practically in bed together already, Joseph. You don't have a choice. You might as well just give in. And he said, no. He stood firm in his faith. He stood firm in his reasoning that he's put out there every single time, and he said no. Instead, he pursued righteous, or he, instead, he ran from sexual sin. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. No other sin as clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Do, do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, and was given to you by God. You, you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, his son. So you must honor God with your body. Joseph ran from sexual temptation. The cost was too high. Remember what you have on that card. Remember the things that you are holding for and keeping your integrity strong. Number to follow run to so we've run from this sin anytime you take something out you want to run to something so follow run to instead of pursuing righteous living instead and pursue righteous living faithfulness love and peace these are all attributes of god okay if you look at those You can't put yourself in those shoes. Those are all attributes of God. And so you have flee and then you want to follow the Lord, run to the Lord, get into his word, ask him for a way out of this temptation. If you are in this place where you are walking toward this sin against God, hit the reset button and ask, how do I get out of here? How do I walk out of this place? One good place is confess- confession. When I was able to confess to one of uh, my friends back in college, I had struggled with this for years and years and years. And he's like, dude, I struggled with the same thing. And now we're dating these two beautiful young ladies and we have to keep um, our hands off of them. This is nearly impossible, I know. So we're going to help hold each other accountable and one of the best things that was, so that was things I was taking off, what some things that helped me put on was praise and worship time. Praise and worship in my head. Okay, I still use that today. The last one is friends. Run with. Run with. So we're going to run from, run to the Lord, and we're going to run with our friends to the Lord. Enjoy the companionship of those who call upon the Lord out of pure hearts. Who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with Potiphar's wife? And you wonder why you're having problems with sexual immorality, right? You look at relationships going up pre-marriage and you're like, well, if I just had the one, now that I've found the one, if I just had that person, you know, they're just gonna make me complete and that's not true, that's not true. That's, that's so close to codependency, it's, it's wrong, right? God has a design for marriage, and he has a design to put that partner as somebody that you want to run with. And if you can't run with that companion in marriage, you need to find somebody of the same sex that you can run with that's going to have integrity like you're going to have integrity, okay? I'm struggling with this, man. I need some help, okay? Well, what's your pattern that gets you down that road, How can we break that pattern? Okay, maybe it's go to bed earlier. Nothing good happens after dark. Maybe we need to get into a sports league. Maybe we need to get a better hobby. Maybe we need to have something that we're occupying our hands and our minds so we're not lackadaisical on our phones or on our computers. Hmm, interesting. We're not even gonna try that last video. Dirty, stinking thing. It worked fine on my computer, but I have a Mac, so they must not be talking. So, who are you hanging out with? Woohoo! All right. Mm-hmm. Alright, right, so in this video, we see the mouse, he doesn't attack the cheese, he doesn't attack the trap, he attacks the problem, right? He goes right at the source of the man who's trying to catch this mouse, right? And once he hears that Doritos chip, he's like, he knows he's there, and boom, he goes through, busts through the wall, and takes care of the problem. So attack the source of the problem, right? if it's your phone then maybe you need to put some locks on your phone maybe you need to have a friend that has helps you out with that things and things there's ways to do that i know on iphone for sure there's other things but remember when you have integrity at your home by yourself it's a lot easier to have integrity out in public with other people and when we develop that Character, when we develop that integrity in our suffering, it emboldens us to walk deeper in our faith. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that your word has given us examples like Joseph on how he messes up in his pride in chapter 37, but he comes back boldly in this uh, battle with sexual immorality and he wins, even though it looks like to the world he loses. Lord, I pray for those that are in this struggle right now that they're in the midst of the suffering. Lord, we pray that they would be able to be emboldened by this message today, that they would go forward and with their integrity and walk securely with you to make disciples. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a disciple-making way of life in Christ Jesus for giving us that. As we go through every part of this day, help us to love you and to love the people who cross our path, starting with our family. Don't let us miss the adventures you are sending our way to live and to speak the good news about Jesus today. Draw our hearts to you and to specific people you want us to pull close for Jesus-like disciple making friendships. By your word and spirit, transform us into followers of Jesus who loved you, who love people, who make disciples, who make more disciples ad infinitum. In Jesus' name we pray.